Tony B, welcome you too. It is, ladies and germs, your Tuesday edition, fired up, focused, and prepared with you on a Tuesday, ladies and germs. Matt Dixon's in the house. We've got a lot to talk about today. Jerry Palm is going to join us momentarily. And Matt, I was really shocked that some of the Sadducees and Pharisees were very, very quick to come to the judgment yesterday of the Tui family, including your boy, Vandy Dano. Those guys can't wait to weigh in, can they, Matt, on uh, on all things moral? Th- those guys are the moral police now. They, they know none oh, of the story, but they're all weighing in, which you got to love. Yes, yes, I, I do. And I, I just hope it's not lost who Michael Lord's high school coach was. <laughs> I, just, I hope that doesn't get lost in this. And this back and forth, uh, uh, I guess it's a civil deal. I guess Mark and Colombo will be there to remind us. I, I, my only question with all this, and it, it's yeah. not really surprising, which yes. is probably the, the unfortunate part. Right. But how did it take Michael Orr this long to realize this is what happened? Like, shouldn't he, that have, like, shouldn't he have figured that out before now? Like, did he not have an agent or like anybody when he was like signing pro contracts that told him this is what the situation is? I think he was like. That just seems odd. I think I read yesterday he was twenty six or twenty seven when the movie was made. You, you would think that uh, somebody twenty six, twenty seven years of age would know, you know, what they're signing or what this is. Or I'm talking about when the movie was made. But the amazing thing about that story is, is that no good deed goes unpunished. So that axiom remains true, and that that helps me keep a sense of humor in life. I often remind myself of that. Uh, and then the the other thing about the or situation is that boy, you got a lot of people that are judging jury on Twitter. I mean, they just and and in social media, they just all know. They just knew that Tui family was totally guilty. Of course, the Tui sold. A fast food fortune for like $144 million, so I'm sure they needed a few thousand dollars from Michael Orr. Um, Matt, it looks to me like, and I'm not taking sides here, but it looks to me like that guy's out of money, and he's sort of lashing out, and, uh, you know, that's difficult. That's difficult. The guy made millions and millions of dollars, but I, I would think they're probably trying to forensically tra- chase where his money went. And those folks give something, give somebody a easy finger to, easy time to point a finger at somebody. But uh, today we're going to have another one of your favorites nationally on. Jerry Palm has his bowl projections out, and I thought I'd get him in here, and and, and get humored by him. We've been talking, Matt, about a run up to because it's messy day. Brian's excited. Messi's in Philly tonight. They're actually talking about that in Philly Talk Radio, which is kind of fun. And kind of funny. Gives him a respite from James Harden conversation. Brian, aren't you jealous of James Harden? Though he's put many uniforms on, never put on a Celtic uniform. I mean, the guy is synonymous with winning. The guy just looks like such a winner, doesn't he, Brian? Yeah, he um, he certainly does. Mm-hmm. In everything he does, in everything is, in every endeavor he participates in. Don't you think winning when you think of James Harden? Just sheer. Um, I do. Yeah, I do. You know, he, he is certainly. I'm trying to open this Twitter Spaces thing and get that going for the uh, initiated. And 
every time I go to Twitter, okay, I look for Twitter, Matt, and I keep passing over the X icon. Am I the only one that does this? Why does it say X on my phone all of a sudden? Why do I have a Xavier logo on my phone? Does anybody else feel the same way I do? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I get, I get the athletic logo and the X logo mixed up because they look the same. Yes. The font looks the same. It's on a black background. It's crazy, man. So Jerry Palm's going to join us. Messi in Philly. Uh, Matt, will you watch Messi tonight in Philly, the spectacle that is Messi tonight in that deal? There's not much on. Will you, will you pay attention to that? Uh, no, I, I will. I will not. I'll. I'll check the Philly Union Reddit thread for for updates. <laughs> it's so great. I'm getting drug. By the way, speaking of which, I want to say kudos to Bino's Yankees. You know, Bino went to went to um, as he told us yesterday. Boy, they really, really balled out for Bino. I hope he didn't pay to go to that. You know what I mean, Bri? I hope he got comped in. Cause that, well, he, that's straight out atrocious, man. Yeah, he. Uh, I'd say that's the worst beating they've ever taken in front of Bino. But he just likes being at the ballpark. So. I turned it off like it's seven or six or seven to two. What was the final? It was 11 to three, I think. Oh. oh. And the Braves, when they get it rolling in that ballpark, I went down there. So probably last time I was there, they beat the Phillies 13-3. to And I looked at my Famiglia. It was kind of like the last time I went on a, um, on a ride that shook my brain all up. And my family, my family still has photos of it. Like, my face was turning green. And I laid over on this bench. And my daughter came over and snapped a couple photos. My son came over, snapped a couple photos. Laura snapped a couple photos. They were all laughing at me. My equilibrium was all off, and I told them, that's it for me. No more rides. I'm done. This is probably like seven or eight years ago. And at that Phillies game, I said, "That's. I think I'm done. Braves, <laughs> when they get it rolling in that ballpark, are uh, they are an absolute handful. Today over at tclub.team, I wrote some inside stuff on this upcoming Tennessee season. And one of the nuggets we had was about the fact that Tennessee's got some in, inner concern inside the program. They're, they're putting a good face on it publicly, but there's a lot of concern around the offensive line. There's a lot of concern around we can't have one more injury or this thing becomes critical. Matt, are you buying that? I'm just going to ask you uh, off the – I'm going to expose myself here. Are you buying that, Matt, what we're uh, reporting today? Uh, yeah, absolutely, especially with, with Cooper Mays injured right now and, and kind of status up in the air for the start of the season. No, I, I do think, you know, you're re- replacing Darnell Wright, who was, the, I think, was he the first offensive lineman drafted? Wow. And it's been really good in camp, uh, apparently balled out the other night in a preseason game. So, no, I, I think it's, it's a legitimate concern. Um, and I, and you definitely don't have any, any proven depth behind those guys. Um, what the guys that you you, you you know you hope that are going to be a serviceable line so no i think that is a i think without question that's the biggest concern of the offense and maybe just the whole team right now 
Yeah, the the Nichols guy has been slow to come, um, and they're I don't know if I don't want to use the term disappointed. That's kind of strong, but they're not impressed uh, thus far. Um, the The word on the defense is, and and I wrote this today, is that you know one of the things that I was talking about earlier in the summer was it would have been in a perfect world you would have had a couple kids in the secondary come in and take spots from veteran players. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. However, I was told that there are several guys, most to all, they feel like are going to be pretty good players. And I was told that toward the latter part of this season, you'll probably see them introduce more and more guys into the deal as they go in terms of defensive players. And I was told that, and I wrote this today, that there aren't many whiffs. See, here's the thing about, and and you know this if you follow the sport, but coaches and guys do get better, okay? Coaches and players will tell you, peers, early on in camp, you can see the whiffs. You can see the guys that just just aren't going to be able to do it. You can just see it. They're just, you know, for whatever reason, we're overrated, don't belong out there, whatever the reason is. And the word I'm getting from this camp is they feel like they've got a bunch of nice players on defense, young guys, which is um, which is very good to hear. Now, Matt, for you and me, like, I think you're in the same songbook as I am. It's not what we want to hear. Like, I wanted to hear there are three or four guys, young guys, that are ready to jump in there in that secondary and play right now, play right away, vie for a starting spot, like we've seen in the past. Cam Sutton comes to mind, guys like that. They got on the field, you know, pretty early. I don't know that that's the case here, but we're going to have to take the uh, we're going to have to take the bad with the good, Matt, because there's certainly a lot of good there. Yeah, and and guys just kind of develop differently, and and some guys, it's a it's a weight room thing. Other guys, it may be a maturity thing. Um, so no, it's, yeah, I mean, and, and everybody always wants to see the, the freshmen, the, you know, the exciting guys, the, that kind of unknown factor that the fans love, but the coaches hate to, to put out there in a real game. So that's, it's always, a, an interesting divide between like the, the, the coaching staff and, and the fan base when we all want to see these, you know, exciting freshmen because we know who's coming back out there and, and those guys in the secondary just aren't athletic enough to, to play high-end SEC football. The, the thing is, when I when you hear the whiff deal, uh, there are a couple guys um, that they kind of feel, feel like that about offensive line-wise. They don't feel that way. They do not feel that way about what's going on with um, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, which is a great sign going forward now. Will we see that right away this year? See those kids on the field? I think you'll see Arian Carter a bunch early. Uh, I don't think uh, you're going to see a ton of the young guys. Um, so we're back to our old school secondary, Matt. And the tank just keeps on chugging, Matt. The tank's there. Can't move the tank. No, but you got a lot of bodies back there, so. 
you should be able to at least rotate them and stay fresh. And you got the, I guess, the transfer from from BYU and Vandy. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully he's you know a starter, um, or at least a contributor. We come back. It's crazy how college football is going to be dominated by and is dominated by the two power leagues. We just counted up on the fly yesterday, that first AP poll, which these days I don't think means anything, but except for just a sense of what the glitterati around college football is thinking, 16 of the 25 are from the two power leagues when you project to 2024, 16. And then when you saw what Missouri did yesterday and what they're getting ready, they're getting ready to grab another high-profile kid. Uh, it looks like they're in the game. You know, uh, guys, I wonder what that number will swell to at one point. I wonder what that number can get to in terms of top 25 teams out of both those leagues. Is 16, do you guys think, the highest it can go? Or can it go higher? Think about that. Think about what we're about to see here. Well, especially if Nebraska gets in programs like that get on better footed. Yeah, there's definitely room for Nebraska. And UCLA, UCLA as well. Absolutely, Brian. When you look at history, I mean, you could get that thing to 18. I I want somebody to tell me that's good for the sport. The other thing is, and I was wondering about this yesterday, you know, we keep talking about what we need to add this team and that team. And Florida State, you know, they've got a deadline today, and but they don't have a board meeting, so it looks like everything's going to stay put. But one thing I wonder about from a Tennessee perspective is how much is too much in this league? I, I want to make the playoffs. I, I want to be a fixture in the playoffs. It's fun to think about my team playing in the postseason. Matt will tell you as a Houston Astro fan, it's fun. And I'll tell you as a Phillies fan, my Phillies right now, a couple weeks ago looked like they were going to vie for a wild card. Now they're way ahead. And it's fun to think about postseason baseball. And, Matt, we're going to get to the line here. We'll talk about this later on. If you add a Florida State and a Clemson to our league, uh, that's going to box us out, Matt. I don't, I'm not sure I want that, Dixon. Have you thought about that? I don't want to get boxed out here. No, I, no, that puts you know those ten win seasons. That means you have to be an elite team to to go ten and two in this league. Um, and I mean ten and two would definitely get you in a, a twelve team playoff. I mean, with depending on your schedule and when you lost nine and three potentially would, but no, more times than not, a nine and three record um, will get you knocked out of a, any kind of playoff. And that's just um, I don't know. Buyer beware. I think is what I'm trying to say here. Look, if you want to add four more teams, I, I, I was thinking about yesterday. I would like to add some 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 soft to middle teams. I don't know that we need and, and let somebody else have bragging rights. I want to get to the playoffs a bunch here, don't you? I mean, let's think out loud here. Anyway, we'll get Jerry Palman here on the other side as we continue right after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. 
Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. 
Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm gonna give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. You bow your head when you say his name. Now, during basketball season, when we have this next guest on, I will get a bunch of texts from people that don't understand that Jerry Palm is friend and not foe, that the man comes in absolute peace, he means no harm, CBS Sports joining us now, Jerry Palm on the program. Jerry, great day to you. Good to talk to you, my friend. How you doing? Yeah, good to talk to you, too. You know what it means. It means football season's coming up. Well, it means football season's coming up. It also means, Jerry, that I just wanted to get you on Pick Your Brain about before I get to your, your bowl projections. And it's fun. This is fun stuff. And you've got Tennessee going to a pretty high-profile bowl game. But before we get there, you're kind of an old-school, traditional Big Ten guy. We're in SEC country. We're watching the footprint of both these leagues change. We're watching this super conference stuff, which is, like Matt Dixon was saying earlier, is far from over. Um Florida State's agitating, whatever's going to happen there, who the heck knows. But we know that the current iteration is not what we're going to end up with. Obviously, you've given this some thought. What is the impact on college basketball of all this? Because none of these are, moves are made with basketball in mind. But what, what is the impact of, with, with, when it comes to hoops, Jer? It really has less of an impact in basketball than it does in um, other sports other than you know travel for, for everybody for all sports 
travel is going to be ridiculous now. And in sports like basketball, you know, football's a, what, a 12-game regular season? So, you know, the the travel for football, at least for those athletes, is minimized. You just don't have that many road games. Most other sports, you're going to be, you know, the travel's going to be ridiculous. And, you know, for basketball, um, you know, and volleyball and track and wrestling and whatever, you know, it's, it, the travel is going to be um, onerous. And especially when you look at the way the West, you know, the Pac-12 is broken up, you have now four of those schools in the Big Ten. That is an East Coast to West Coast conference now. Those four schools, their minimum road game flight, if they're not playing the team that's right next to them on the map, is three hours and 15 minutes. And that includes, I mean, the Pacific Northwest to L.A. is that long of a flight as well. But, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest, um, Seattle to Minneapolis is a three-hour and 15-minute flight. That's the shortest flight the University of Washington athletes are going to have for a road game in the league unless they're playing hard. And that's crazy. But they only have six road games. They're probably going to play a couple on the West Coast. So, you know, it's, it, it's you know, baseball. Well, you know, what's baseball going to do? What's softball going to do? What are these other sports going to do? Right. The travel is going to be ridiculous, you know, for these sports that, you know, for conference games, you know, it's, it's, that to me is the insane part. And so the scheduling is going to have to be really creative to minimize the impact of the athletes' travel and, you know, the academic burdens on them and all of that that goes into it. Um, just not to mention the wear and tear of all that travel. Um, the scheduling is going to have to be really creative to minimize the impact on the schools that have to travel, especially, you know, like in the Big Ten when you've got four schools that are so far away from the other four teams. Um, that, that, that's really going to have to be thought out well. And the Big Ten actually had a plan, at least in football, that they had announced, and then they added two more schools, and so now they're starting over with that. Well, yeah, I remember because the Big Ten had that deal where they said Penn State's not going to play any permanent opponents, and all that stuff's got to right. be out the window now, right? All of well, it. Well, it certainly has to be tweaked. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much they can start with, um, but you now you've got two more schools that you've got to put into if you're going to keep that plan a similar plan. Um, so you know that it looked like that was something that I thought was going to work pretty well, um, but. You know, now it, it's in a sense you're starting over, and you know I don't know. It's an 18 game conference. They were going to no divisions um, when it was going to be 16. I assume they'll stay no divisions when they go to 18. Um, but gosh, it's you know when you have that many teams in a conference and such a short schedule, you're playing nine conference games. That means that there's eight teams you are not playing, so you're only playing half the league that's available to you. In conference play, so how? What do conference standings even mean at that point in football? It doesn't mean anything. It's it's going to be a function of your schedule more than it's a function of the quality of your team, and that's kind of stupid. Well, and then how do you quantify that? Right? That, that's a whole. I mean, that's a whole. That's and and you guys, you're in the quantification game. Like that's what you you guys use numbers to quantify things, and your schedule versus this schedule versus that schedule. But even within the leagues, within this leagues itself, like if you get in three or four way tie, I mean, I would hate to be the guy sorting that out. 
Yeah, because you'll have teams that haven't played each other. I mean, no doubt about as it. Like, as likely to have not played each other as have played each other. I mean, that's when you're only playing half your conference opponents. You have a 50-50 shot of not playing one of the teams you're tied with. So, I, I, you know, I, it'll, really, they only need tiebreakers for a conference championship game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it's kind of silly. And there's a lot of assumption that goes into this, and that is that the big brands are always going to be good. And th- that assumption is based somewhat on the fact that, for the most part, they are. But not all of them are. Everybody has, you know, down cycles. I mean, even Alabama's had down cycles. That's right. But, you know, it's, uh, um, but I guess big brand is still big brand regardless of how good you actually are in any given year. Yeah, you know, the other thing I wonder is what's the impact of this thing on some of the basketball only leagues or some of the programs that still field football programs and attempt to play Division One football yet are never truly going to get there? I wonder if they just focus their NIL treasures uh, and their resources on basketball. I wonder if that starts to migrate over in that sport, if it hasn't happened already. Well, some of that, there are some, you know, basketball conferences that where nobody plays football or hardly anybody plays football or they don't play highest-level football, like the Big East. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut is the only school in the Big East uh, basketball that also plays FBS football. Some of the others are FCS. And some don't play at all. Um, but, uh, you know, it's so you see that now. The West Coast Conference, I don't think any of them play football mm-hmm. at any level. Um, you know, and that's a, good, that's a good basketball league that doesn't play football. And there's been some talk that maybe Stanford goes independent in football and puts the rest of their sports in that league uh, because those, mm-hmm. the, the, that league is competitive in some of those other sports. So um, Stanford's really in a bind because Terrible. that's the best athletic department in the country, top to bottom, Terrible. almost every single year. And But because they're not a big name in football, they're kind of twisting in the wind, and it could really impact what is an historically good, well-rounded athletic department. And it's going to be interesting to see, in particular, what Stanford does. I mean, Cal... Is, is not quite in the same boat. I mean, Cal also is, I mean, it's an academic peer to Stanford. Um, they're, they're, you know, football, they're just, they're kind of there for football. They're good at some other sports, but not like Stanford is. Not the same level that Stanford is. I don't think Cal could go independent football and make a go at it. Stanford might be able to, but, you know, it's, and then you've got Oregon State and Washington State, and they're just, they had no know, chance. Little, yeah, I mean, they're, Road kill. They do that somehow end up working with the Mountain West. Yeah, they're they're right. Yeah, or is trying to hold it together. They hired Oliver Luck, who's you know really smart and well connected. If he can't fix the problem, probably nobody can. Uh, but this should have never happened. You know this this the, what happened to the Pac-12 should have never happened. They have no one but themselves as collectively to blame. Oh, no doubt about that. And, and then the Big Ten, the hypocrisy of the whole thing is they purport. To be all we all we're concerned about academics and this and that, we're better than you. But they left Stanford high and dry, and they left Cal high and dry, Jerry. And and you can't, nobody can argue with that. I mean, it's just that's what yeah. it is. You know, and I guess Oregon and Washington bring something to the league. I mean, Oregon's had a a, a good football program uh, recently. Yeah, uh, Washington has been more hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Had a good year last year, but certainly been hit and miss. But they're. 
there in you know in cities that and have fan bases that are you know significant, I guess, and mm-hmm. care. But that, that's not like bringing in UCSC and UCLA. That, that's that they're not that level of a brand or a market or you know the the, the program. They're just not. Um, Washington is bringing, or I'm sorry, UCLA is bringing 88 national championships of history with them That's right. to the Big Ten. 88. I mean, it's insane. It might even be more. I may have missed a couple that happened. Yeah, this year. They, they made an accidental uh, Final Four a couple years ago. To to your point. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's a great athletic program. USC yep. is a big name, and you know, Stanford and Cal are just not big names in football. They are definitely academic peers, and there are schools within the Big Ten that would take them for that. But, gosh, now that they're at 18, 18 is too big. 18 is too big. They should have never taken Oregon and Washington, in my opinion. They should not have taken Oregon and Washington. So, and, and and to me, I really thought the Big Ten would not be the one that drives the final nail right. in the pac 12 coffin when they've had a partnership for 100 years. I, I really didn't think that that would happen. But it sounds, from everything I've read, Oregon and Washington jumped before the other four corner schools did, and, and they were ready to go. The four corners, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, were ready to go with the Pac-12 until Oregon and Washington jumped. Hey, Jared, uh, uh, question for you, because we were talking about this a couple couple minutes ago. You know, this whole twelve team playoff thing almost seems outmoded already, because when you think about those two power leagues and how they're getting ready to put, and it's not done yet. I think you and I would both agree that where we are, they've already gone too far. It's going to end up with 20, maybe even more than that. Both those leagues are going to continue to absorb teams and uh, have more buying power with TV networks, which is really what this is about. But at some point, you're going to get to a critical mass state. Look, I'm thinking about Tennessee's perspective, and all politics are local. But, you know, as a Tennessee fan, you want to wake up and think, man, we can make a college football playoff. Right now, under that 12-team format, it just looks, you know, in a just from, from a matter of just speaking, spitballing here, that you're going to have to have a 10-2 and record if you want to qualify. That would have been true regardless of conference. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. But, yeah. but, but if you get to a super team deal it's going to be harder and harder for all these teams a super league yeah. concept yeah. it's going to be harder on everybody to yeah. get to a 10 and 2 threshold because Correct. not all 10 and 2 10 and 2s Jerry are going to be created equal so how long till uh, the commissioner of this league the commissioner of the Big 10 and these really are the guys who control this deal go to the networks and say hey we need 16 we need 16 teams because yeah. it, it's already it already seems outmoded here. Well, if they want sixteen, they, the the networks won't be what holds them back. The networks will jump on it. Uh, they'll they'll throw piles of cash at them for sixteen teams. It'll be getting the presidents and stuff on board. That's 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 always been what held back playoff expansion. It's not the commissioners. It's not the networks. It's the presidents. So you know that's that's who has to get on board with it. In your pers- in, from your perspective, is that you think that's going to happen sooner th- rather than later, or you think twelve is the number for a while? I think it could be twelve for at least a little while, um, more than the two years we have coming up. Um, but I, because I just don't think there's much of an appetite in the you know in the academic offices for more than that at this point. They're going to want to see how this works for a little bit. 
um, before they go jump into 16. I mean, expansion in the, in the college football playoffs has always come slowly, and it's probably still going to come slowly. Conference realignment moves faster than, than playoff expansion does. Um, it's, you know what worries me about all this conference realignment stuff? How long will it be before these super conferences start kicking out the schools that don't bring in the value? that some of the others, well, how long is it going to be before Ohio State decides they're done sharing money with Indiana, for example, or Purdue, which founded the league back in the 1910s. Or you think those were. guys would do that? Jerry, you think that, I the, think the, that day, the halves I would think do that, it? I think that day is absolutely going to come. I don't think it's imminent. I don't think it's, it will happen while I'm covering the sport. Wow. So the, so the SEC goes to the Vanderbilt, the old the Mississippi schools yep. and says, "Hey, yep. you know it was yep. really fun being your partner all these years. You yep. guys had nothing. Get out." Basically, at some point, I think that's going to happen. I mean, it's it's trending more towards chasing money and not sharing money with people you don't have to share with than the other way around. Now, kicking people out is harder than than putting new teams in, um, but someday. I may not be around to see it. I hope I'm not around to see it. Someday I believe that's that's probably going to be what happens. You know, or, the, yeah. or, here, or the other way, what happens, though, mm-hmm. is instead of kicking people out, the, say the top half of the Big Ten goes off and forms a new league and leaves everyone behind. Or I'll give you one other example, because I think you're seeing it with Florida State right now and Clemson. We want to, when you get, everybody gets a point from the network okay everybody mm-hmm. at the end of the year we divvy this up evenly we want two points we bring more to the league oh, yeah, within the i want two points i i'm a have i want two points or i'm going to take my ball and go and go for my own league you could definitely see that as well yeah something like that and that's kind of what i was just talking about you could see the top six teams or seven teams or whatever in the big 10 decide you know what we're done sharing money with illinois and, and indiana and purdue and iowa and we're going to go form our own league and and leave the Big Ten. I mean, kicking teams out of the Big Ten is hard. Leaving the Big Ten to go form your own league is a lot easier. So just in that example. So yeah. you might see the power teams leave their current leagues behind yep. to go form even more super conferences. But though, here's the funny thing about yeah. that is yeah. if you've got an 18 super, 18 super conference league with the best teams from, you know, the Big Ten and the ACC and – or let's say it's a 10-team league, and, you know, you throw the ACC in there. Somebody's finishing 10th. You can't all be good. So, you know, somebody's going to finish 9th. Half that league going to finish below 500. I mean, you can't all be good. So be careful what you wish for. Well, that's and that's what I'm trying to tell Tennessee fans here Yeah, is that, see, here we got this mentality, we're going to add Florida State and Clemson. And, you know, in the back of my mind I'm going, if you do, do that, that Sooner or later, with a Tennessee who's not going to be at the top, top, top of the league. People don't want to hear this, but you're not. Historically, you're not. But you're one of the tradition-rich programs. But historically, it's been a while. But um, the bottom line is, it's it's as you know, this this is a bright young coach. It's coming back. It's on the comeback. Mm -hmm. You've got the Vols in in what a uh, New Year's Day Bowl, right? Yeah, it's a triple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, against Wisconsin, which is which is a which would be a great season. You have it's Tennessee going nine and three yeah. this year. Uh, ten and two, actually. Ten and two. Uh, Alabama and Georgia. Matt Dixon, 
If the Vols throw up a 10-2 uh, record this year, what letter grade are you giving Josh Heupel and company? Uh, that'd probably be an A. There is no doubt. So, Jerry, I got a bone to pick with you, though, on the way out, because we've, we've had an interesting because Why, com- why yeah. should this interview be any different? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that because you, you you always have a bonus. I never have, Jerry. We're good to you. We're I good know, to you. you. But, but if we don't disagree we, about something, we probably haven't had a good. Interview. Well, we don't we don't rip you till you get off the air. But and it's usually <laughs> Matt that does it. But but I'll say that I'll say this to you. Okay. How can you have Purdue as a one seed and my Vols as a two seed in your in your bracketology that you just put out? What are you trying to do to me? I, uh, I like Tennessee. I think obviously I like Tennessee. If I got them at the two, Purdue is bringing everyone back from last year and adding pieces that make that that fill some of the holes they had. In uh, so Purdue's going to be really good, um, and uh, Tennessee could be a one, but Purdue's going to be really good. Torvik loves the Vols, Jer. Do you uh, like Torvik? Uh, Bart Torvik. Do you? I, do you? When, when we get to like February, yes. Uh, preseason rankings, computer rankings, preseason, worthless. Oh, he he looks at the rosters and said, "This is what you have coming I back. I know this I know, is I, the percentage of what you have coming back." I mean, I you got it. You don't have to sell for that at all. It's highly, highly speculative. Highly. It's based on numbers, though. Uh, it's based on really speculative numbers. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. no, I I don't I don't look at preseason computer rankings. I, I don't really, I, I don't put much stock in preseason rankings at all, but I, I put, it, it's the, about the only time I really put more stock in in people's opinions uh, versus computer rankings is the preseason. I don't really start paying attention to computer rankings until we get, in, in basketball, middle of January. Ken Pomeroy still has data from prior seasons in his numbers until the middle of January. I mean, it, goes, it starts off with more weight on that, and obviously less as time goes on, but it doesn't disappear entirely until the middle of January. So, do you find Ken Palm? About that. Yeah. Do you find him overrated, or you find him the no, godfather no. of this stuff? Uh, I, I don't think of him as overrated. No, um, I think reliance on computer rankings is overrated. Um, but I, Ken does very good work. He's terrific. Do you share his affinity, by the way, you being on the Midwest, do you share his affinity for curling? No. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> you know he loves curling, right? I'm not kidding. I, yeah, People no, think I'm kidding. I've seen it. No, I've seen it. He does rankings and all this kind of stuff for curling. Yes. That's great for curling. I love Captain um, Schuster. I like, I like watching curling once every four years. I'm a, Schuster, I'm a Schuster freak. I, I think Schuster, I have a T-shirt. I love me some Schuster. Uh, hey, uh, Jer, on the way out. Would Tennessee's ten and two record this year be good enough to qualify in a twelve team uh, in a twelve team playoff? In your humble opinion, well, if you've got six conference champions and six at large teams, they're certainly going to be part of that conversation. No question, part of the. I don't know if you, if they get in, they're one of the last ones in, but yes, they're part of that conversation. You can't have six conference champions next year, though. When we redo this thing, right? That's another point. They need to revisit that. Yeah, that's probably right. I, my bet is, and I don't think they're going to overhaul it because there's only so much you can do. You've got TV contracts and dates and sites in place. You have to overhaul it. What do you mean you can't? They have to overhaul that. You can't do it on a dime like that. 
Of course you can. There are contracts in place for the next two years. But what you can do, what you can do is you can change who gets in. You can change the selection criteria for who mm-hmm. gets in. Mm-hmm. You can't change the format. The format's going to be the format. So, you know, they can do things like they can say we're going to take five conference champions instead of six. Right, that's that's pretty easy. Um, you can even say we're not going to reserve the top four spots for conference champions now. We're just going to be the top four teams. I mean, those are things that you can do. What you can't do is say we're going to go to 16. You, know, you, you can't do that on the fly. Um, you've got to have years of planning for that, not months. So, so they can tweak it in terms of who gets in and where they get seated and how that works, but the 12 games you got are the 12 games you got, or the 12 teams, 11 games. Terry Palm, thank you. I I will say it's a rather, uh, no offense, it's rather dubious that you've got Purdue ahead of my volunteers, who, by the way, went to Italy and tore the Lithuanian under-21 team limb from limb. I saw that. Oh, you sound impressed. Yeah, that's what, well, I mean, look, Tennessee's going to be really good this La year. La Chabelle. I have them in a position where they're really good this year. Jerry, uh, how do folks read your work if they uh, feel so inclined? And I appreciate you being here. By the way, people, uh, when you see the college basketball polls come out, you'll see Purdue maybe rated higher than I have them. Um, the, I'm at uh, cbsports.com, JP Palm, CBS on Twitter, as long as, you know, Twitter exists. <laughs> I don't even know what Twitter is. I have a Threads account, too, but I'm not using it yet. I'm still on. I know, right? I have a Threads. And by the way, I yeah. never call it anything but Twitter. Exactly. So it's Twitter. It's Twitter. I'm tweeting on Twitter. Well, and I will tweet on Twitter as long as Twitter is still a thing. Jerry, a buddy of mine asked me last night, he said, what are you going to call the Twittiots? Because I call these people that, you know, clap at people, Twittiots on Twitter, yeah, and yeah. uh which is a great name. And in our fan base, we got a bunch of them, which is just a wonderful yeah. thing. And I like to gen them. Do what? I said, I'm sure I'm one of them. I like to gin, gin well, uh, you're one of the people the Twittiots like to clap at from time to time. But he says, what are you going to call the Twittiots now that it's X? I said, Twittiots. It's going to be yeah. Twitter to me till yeah. it goes defunct. And if it keeps going the way it's going, then we'll we'll have another platform to have fun so, with. Some, uh, you know Alvin Brown is, uh, chef, uh-huh. um, on the Food Network. Anyways, he, he posted something that made a lot of sense. He says, I'm going to call it Twitter. And if Elon can call it whatever he wants, but if we all call it Twitter, guess what? It's Twitter. Exactly. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> because it's us, not not him. Good talking to you. It's kind of like, and thank you, Jerry, it's kind of like when you blow your nose, Matt, what are you using to blow your nose? What do you call that thing? Uh, the Kleenex. Correct. It doesn't matter if it's made by Markle or some cost-cutter brand. It's Kleenex. But thank you for playing. So, he's got Tennessee going 10-2. and two. Citrus Bowl's a New Year's Day 6 bowl game. He stands with John Adams, Matt Dixon. How about that? Yeah, he probably just said that because he's on air with us. But I don't know how a 10-2 and two team doesn't. What, what, what bowl do you have him in? Citrus. One of the, so yeah, it's not even a New Year's 6, is it? Or is it? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is now. Okay. I think, it's, I think it's one of those things, and that's hard to keep track of. I think that's elevated now. Is that right, Brian? Is that a New Year's Day six? Brian, uh, you might be the show a lot more than I do. I, it's right there with the Outback. I think like the Outback and the Citrus are just like one tier below the New Year's six. Are you eating yeah. pretzels that's again, true. Brian? 
Tell the truth. It's not like you got dough in your mouth. Matt, have you know Brian's got this thing now since I brought the pretzels back from Philly. He's not behaving himself on air, uh, Matt. I would never eat on the air just for this. Well, we, yeah, we can't have that on the show no. record, Brian. I would is, never. Come on. Dixie, you want a you pretzel, Dixie? See? I, am, I, I mean, you were eating in the pre-production meeting, but well, that's one thing. One I mean, thing. Not during the show. <laughs> well, one thing that I know, okay, I know eating on the show. I can tell when somebody's eating on the show, and I like getting texts from people when they go, it's a professional. One day we sat in here for, like, um, some breaking news. I don't know. Who knows? And we were on, like, 2.30, and some moron was going in on me because I was eating. And I'm like, look, genius. I'm like an hour and a half past my lunchtime, you maroon. Anyway, so Jerry uh, Palm appeared on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Online at tldlogistics.com. Outstanding talking to him. We continue. We'll get a few calls in. And uh, I've got a surprise for you because TV alert, TV alert. Some great TV tonight. TV alert. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby. King of the precious stones for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Pacilio back with you. It is uh, a quick uh, entry into our second hour here on the programma. And I'm fired up, focused, and prepared. Matt Dixon and Brian Hartman are fired up, focused, and prepared for our next segment. Because Messy Mania has come to our shores. And Y sent me a text last night, uh, Dixie, and told me that he is fired up tonight. Uh, he cannot wait to see Messi and Philadelphia. And I'm bringing World Cup Cam Schneider back to the show. World Cup Cam Schneider. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Uh, happy to be back. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I was telling your pop today that there is an incredible book out uh, that I've been reading, and I try to read a lot, but there's an incredible book out regarding uh, the sport of soccer in our country and how close it literally came to dying, and the sport is called The New Kids in the World Cup by Adam Elder, and it's a book about the 1990 team that qualified on a whim on a shoestring budget, went to Italy, and, uh, you know, they were just a bunch of kids, and they sort of had no business being there. How important is this, uh, in your opinion, this messy thing for uh, growing the game? Well, I think everyone always talks about when Pele came and he played at the Cosmos, and that was the best player of all time at that time. And that was a big deal. But then now the NASL is defunct. The Cosmos don't exist anymore. But Messi coming here is probably the equivalent of, like, Michael Jordan coming out of retirement and winning a championship again. You know what I mean? And it's even bigger than that because it's a global thing. So the MLS was always kind of a laughing stock, And we've had a couple players, David Beckham, Ibrahimovic, uh, come in and do well. But nobody the size of, of Messi. You know what I mean? And that's just... It's going to bring so much attention, so much money, so much investment into the youth in America just because people from all over the world are going to want to come and play with 
for alongside or against Messi. Well, and and the great the other interesting thing is, and I want to encourage people to check this out tonight over on uh, FS1, is that that stadium is one million percent sold out. Tickets are going for close to seven, eight hundred thousand dollars to get in, and unlike. Pele, who was kind of at the end of his run and kind of an old man when he came over here, this guy is still regarded as the greatest player in the world right now. I mean, he's come over in his prime. Not in his prime. He's towards the back of his prime. But he can still lay claim to being uh, in the conversation for the greatest player in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's another thing that's just ridiculous is how long players' primes are lasting nowadays. I mean, we've been saying Messi's in his prime since 2007, 2008, 2009, and now we're in 2023, and we're still saying that he's in the top five, three players in the world. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous to know that somebody that good for that long is still willing to come and play in our league. It shows that there's a lot of growth going on. And the other thing is people say, well, you know, he's kind of made child's play – uh, of the league thus far, do that? Does the league eventually catch up to him, Cam, or is he really that good? He's that good. He's that good. And that's something that I've been saying for a long time: is that you think you watch TV and the game looks slow, and you think, "Oh, I could probably do that." I mean, it, he's that good. You know what I mean? Because nobody else has come in and scored five goals in their first five games or whatever he's done. And, I mean, he's coming straight off of vacation. These guys have been playing, and he's coming straight off vacation, straight into the lineup, five goals, five games. It's just a different level of ability, different level of talent that we've never seen in America. And now I think it's just going to spark that much more interest and help build the game even further. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really uh, exciting to see this. And as somebody who's been an advocate of that sport, for a long time uh it's really fun to think that that's occurring uh, in a place where i grew up and i remember going to games in the old veteran stadium up there uh which was a seventy thousand seat stadium in front of like uh i don't know seven or eight thousand people and watching the philadelphia fury play and my dad was good enough to take me to a few games when i was a kid and of course, he would sit there the whole time and go, what in the world are we doing here? There are more vendors in here than there are people. <laughs> and he would crack on it. But that was another story for another day. Um, can the union slow him down tonight? I mean, eventually you have to think the run is going to come to an end. Obviously, no one thinks he's going to score in every single game this year. But Messi's the kind of guy that might. <laughs> so if union can put together a really good uh, defensive shape, if they can put together a decent offense where they're not just hoping to defend Messi the entire time, they can get some possession and actually try to take the game to Miami, uh, there's a chance. But, again, it only takes Messi a half chance, one second of brilliance, and you're 1-0 down. You know what I mean? It can be a free kick in the 95th minute like we've seen him do a couple times. It, it, it could really be anything. You know what I mean? So you just have to make sure you're switched on the entire time if you're the union. And I've been to the Union games. They're, they're fun games to go to. But I think that there's going to be a different level of excitement at this game that has probably never been in that stadium before. So I think also keeping the nerves under control when you're playing against one of the greats 
it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a tough year for everybody just controlling the nerves until kind of that excitement dies down of him being in your league. World Cup returns here in 2026, which is just uh, utterly amazing. And it's just, it blows my mind to think about how far the sport has come. And uh, my daughter was telling me she's living in Nashville. She was telling me she's going to go see uh, a game Saturday night down there. And, you know, folks are getting turned on to the sport more and more. If somebody tunes in for the first time tonight, what should they watch for in that game, uh, Cam Schneider? I mean, it kind of depends what lens you're looking at it from. I know in America we like high-scoring sports. I mean, football counts by sevens for no reason. So uh, it would be cool if there were a lot of goals and it could be a 4-3 game or something exciting just to keep that enthusiasm. Because I know a lot of times with the American lens, we don't look at soccer and think, oh, this is a fun game to watch just because there's a lot of possession and there, there are lulls in the game. But the good thing about the MLS is it's fast. So I think that if you're new to the game and you're tuning on and you're watching, just the energy, the effort that goes in to defending, the effort that goes into winning tackles, the effort that goes into just getting close enough to Messi to try to slow him down. You know what I mean? It's, it's all the other things. It's not always going to be the guy with the ball that you should watch. It's just all the extra running, all the energy that the players have to put in to make the game work. Cam, on the way out, FC Alliance. What do we have going on at FC Alliance right now? Oh, I mean, huge growth. We already had our tryouts this year, but it's the biggest the club has ever had at tryouts. Um, our boys just got done with the ECNL, which is the highest level of youth soccer, except for MLS Academy in America. And we just came off of a really successful preseason tournament where we got 11 wins um, uh-huh. across all of our age groups. So our ECNL teams and our RL ECNL teams, the, the second team, the developmental teams, they're all doing really well right now. So uh, we're just happy that a small town like Knoxville has seen the growth that it has, and not only growth in numbers, but growth in success. So we're just really happy to be a part of that. Keep doing what you're doing, fcalliancenox.org. Cam, best of luck to you. Uh, I know that uh, you're currently down in the Port City, down in Georgia. Enjoy yep. yourself there, my friend. And best of luck to you as you continue to do what you do. Do my union get the dub tonight, much to Matt Dixon's chagrin? Let's say 3-2, Union win. I'm aside with you. Just this time, though. Boom. 3-2, Union win. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. Yep. Have a good one, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. He is right, as he appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Those of you that are uninitiated, the MLS game's looser, it's faster, and it's more offensive. So, which I think makes it kind of a fun-to-watch version of the game, and it's played by... Excellent athletes, several of whom are kind of world-classy in their own right uh, and certainly pretty good professional players, So many of whom have played around the world. Like, this union team has several guys that have played in the World Cup, so they're not going to be, like, freaked out by the moment tonight. Um, You play in a World Cup, you know, you're you're playing at the highest level. At any rate, 865-200-5402 is my number if you want to get in the hunt and in the mix with us. And, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to encourage you to give us a call. A couple folks were there and have jumped off. As we're in hour two, just hit the reset button. Jerry Palm joined us earlier. And then we were talking about, Matt, I can't comprehend that you're, that they, what, what their format is for 2024. 
surely they're going to revisit this, right? I mean, they're talking about giving six conferences automatic bids, Matt, next year. Uh, definitely going to have to rework that in some some way. I, you, that's just not not feasible. No, it's not sensible, right? No, no, it doesn't make any sense. I yeah. mean, there's nothing about that that says, "Oh, yeah, that's a good idea." So, what does the pack? Does the pack four get a bid? Like they just play their own league, play each other like um, I don't know, like the USFL North or something. I mean, think about that for a second. Just how stupid that is. And then the other question becomes, and we were, you know, we were kind of visiting with uh, Jerry Palm about this, who picks the Vols at ten and two this year. Hey, look, if this team goes out and they go ten and two this year, you got my vote because that would be a tr- that would be a tremendous season. A tremendous piece of why are you talking down? Down to but I, I think the world of Josh Heupel and his staff. But I'm also from the school where when you lose a guy, the people are calling one of the great impact receivers to come into the NFL in a while in Tillman. You lose a guy who's ripping it up in camp uh, with the Giants. Those are your two receivers you lost. You're losing a guy that's going to be a day one starter in the NFL, a day one Offensive line starter. You know how many of those guys there are? Uh, not many. Day one with the Bears. Day one. You're losing a guy that uh, also on your offense who ran Josh Heupel's system. If there ever was a perfect quarterback for that system, it was Hendon Hooker. And last year's team won 10 games. And if you can get back to that threshold in the regular season, to me, that is A++ material. That is A++ material to me. So my number on the Vols this year is 9-3. and three. Matt, what did you think of the uh, preseason ranking in the AP of 12 for the Vols? Uh, probably a, a little bit more... I mean, there's not a huge difference between 10 and 12, but I, I would lean more towards the 12 um, than than the 10. So, I I mean, but it's, you know, about where they, you know, they're basically the same thing, really. But I would, I would have them in the 10, the 15, closer to 15 than 10, probably. I'm going to go back to our interactions here, and let's go through the magic of Twitter spaces to Tennessee Suave, who now wants to join us. Suave, welcome in. Appreciate you jumping in with us. Hello and uh, welcome on the Tony Basilio Show on a Tuesday. Hi. Go right ahead, Suave. See, I went to him and he disappeared. I don't know what's going on with this technology. You know, be better, Elon. Be better. Let's go back to the phones. But I do want to thank Jerry Palm for lending us a hand. And we'll get our uh, we'll go through the magic of fiber optics here and get our next call in. But fiber optics doesn't exist anymore. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony, it's Holly. Hey, Holly. Long time no talk. You hope you're well. Doing great, doing great. Hotter than I can even imagine in Florida. I'm so sick of this weather, I could just die. But I digress. Uh, I wanted to talk, uh, make a couple comments. First of all, I'm with you on the, the 9 and 3 season, and I'd be thrilled to death. I've just been involved too long to know that we can trip up on some things. Last year was magical. Mm-hmm. This 
year. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they prove me wrong. But nine and three is not a bad thing, and we just move forward with it. I don't know. Um, I hope people don't start wringing their hands if we do lose three games or even four. I agree with that because I, I, I think people – I'm not going to say are setting themselves up, but I think some people are setting themselves up. Now, last couple of days on here, I think we've had some pretty measured uh, calls. Uh, you know, I was looking at the Twittersphere last night, and I saw somebody, I don't know, he says, I'm going to come out and say it. We're going to win the national championship this year. And I'm going, uh, okay, yeah. more power to you. If you think we're winning the national we, championship this year, more power to you. say that every year since I've been in college, you know, yeah. and I – power to them blood in the balls that much but you know there's reality and then there's reality <laughs> right right and, and and look last year like you said was incredible i mean to look up and see at that first survey heading into georgia week that we were number one in america i mean could you ask for more than that i thought i was dreaming i couldn't believe it yeah because i've suffered well you know i've like I said, I'm one of your older callers. I have gone through the thick, the thin, the good, the bad, and I just I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it, and it was wonderful. And I hope we do well this year, but I, I think the reality of it is is that um, we're still growing. The last few days, you guys have all been talking about it. We're still growing and becoming what we can. We've got all the pieces in place. We've got a great coach, great staff, but it takes some time. Well, and look, we're not at the spot where we can have the kind of losses I just said offensively and just roll back out there and do it again. We're just not. Now, maybe they put me wrong. Maybe they go right back out there and do it again. If they do, if they do, with the offensive line currently constructed, based on the people I've talked to, it will be doing it with mirrors. I'm just, and I'm not trying to get ugly about it, but that's... Uh, what I hear on that O-line has me highly concerned. That's all. And you have to have an O-line in this league. You have to. Absolutely. Especially when you have a quarterback that you have that is not a quick trigger guy, which Joe Milton's not a quick. Now, maybe he can change, but to this point, he's nobody's going to accuse him of being a quick trigger guy. Well, I wish them the best. I have another. Do you have time for me to bring up one other subject? Holly, the floor is always yours. It's always an open forum for for you. Okay, well, you all opened the show this morning, and I just feel really passionate about this, about the Michael Orr and the Dewey situation. Yep. And I wanted to put my two cents worth in there because I absolutely, you know, I'm like everybody else. I love the blind side. I loved all that stuff. But I am so appalled as a sports fan and as an American, whatever, that, you know, there's been such sensational journalism about this subject. And uh, then the vicious comments I've seen, ooh, they were tough yesterday. And the reason I looked at it, mm-hmm. let me say this. I'm not friends with the Tuies, but I am acquainted with them. They mm-hmm. have a home down here. Mm-hmm. And they shop in my store. So full disclosure there. So I've, I've interacted with them. I've talked. With the ladies, not not Sean, but the Leanne and her daughter Collins. Several times we talked about football and baseball. We talked about Tony V for thirty minutes, and you know just all that stuff. So Do they like Tony V? Do the Tuies like Tony V? Well, they hate Tennessee. 
<laughs> oh, okay. But no, they think he. They, Cute. They, it was funny. They thought he was a little dangerous. And I said, well, that's why we like him. And uh, they said, no, we think he's good. And, you know, this was the last time I spoke with them. Maybe it was in the spring or in the store. They were talking about, you know, they were worried about Ole Miss, which they should have been, but they were thrilled about the World Series. Oh, yeah. That came nowhere. But anyways, we had a long conversation about sports that day. And um, so let me just say this. I know them, but I, I'm not their friends. I mean, I'm just an acquaintance. They just come to my store. And Leanne Tui is a very strong personality. Mm-hmm. And what was portrayed in the movie is spot on, if not more aggressive. I mean, she is about five feet tall and a bulldog. Mm-hmm. She is. But she's very nice. She's very sweet to people. And she's very supportive of people. I mean, I just know that from down here. She's so anyway, one of those people like you wouldn't cross, in other words. Right. Or if I was in a war, I'd want her on my team, you know. You know, I'd want her on the battlefield with me. But anyway, the whole family's very assertive. They're just, they just are. They're mm-hmm. just very old Miss out there. Look at me. No judgment on that. That's just the way it is. It is what it is, right. You're calling it, you're calling it right down the middle here. And yes, they're very wealthy. There's no question about that. But they were very wealthy before they met Michael. And, uh, also I want to point out that Chewy, Sean Chewy, her husband, is self-made. It's not like he's a press funder who, I mean, they, they're loaded now, but I mean, right. he worked regular. I mean, they met at school at the whole nine yards. They, so they built I, up like a, um, they had like a fast food, for like he started with one, bought another, bought another, and he put together like a conglomerate of fast food franchises, right? And that kind of what they did? Taco Bell. Uh, That's what I thought. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. And he, I think he ended up with over 100. The young brands, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're 60. I mean, they're pushing toward retirement. Right. So anyway, um, what I wanted to say about it is another reason that they're so out there and showy, Leanne and Collins, the, two, the mother and daughter, they're social media influencers. You know, they're no different except they're just older than the, that little girl, that, the beautiful little gymnast at LSU. Right. They get out there and they show, look at me, I'm in Paris. Look at me, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at a football game, you know, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's all out there. And these journalists have just gone as crazy and said they're all this wealth and they've taken it from Michael. Well, I just want to say, just because they're rich and just to do that doesn't make them criminals. At best, it just makes them obnoxious. Yeah, they're certainly, that's exactly, like, I look at those, those folks, a lot of people on social media, and I'm not, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody, but they're just obnoxious. I mean, I, and, and I choose to, like, ignore those folks. Like, if you gotta tell me what you're having for lunch every day, and, you know, and where you are, and how, you know, I look at me, and that just seems extremely needy to me, but hey, more power to them. But here's the thing. I, I, I was, just looking at that whole story, and and here's the thing I, I would ask anybody: what what would happen with that young guy if they didn't intervene in his life? That's all. Well, I mean that's a fair that is a fair question to ask. What would happen 
to that young guy if they didn't intervene I agree. I mean, in his I life. Know, I certainly didn't know him then. I just yeah. knew the story. Yeah. The, then there were a lot of people bashing them. And I can't wait. Just, yeah. Holly, we have a whole society of people. This Dan Woken guy, this guy missed his calling now. This guy would have been a great Pharisee or Sadducee in biblical times. This guy's got the yeah. law. He knows the law. He's going to interpret it for you, for him, for everybody. Look across the street. I mean, this guy had them convicted. Yes, well, you know, I'm I'm from Memphis. Well, here's here's what he said yesterday. I'm from Memphis, and 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 he says, now listen, listen. And and there were whispers down there about these people for years, and none of us are surprised by this. And not you, you, you know why there are whispers about people. Let me let me say something about whispers. Exactly. Holly said it before I said it. Everybody I've always known. That there's whispers about people are jealous of them. I mean, I mean look, I'm a complete nobody, okay? And people whisper things about me. And you know what they are? They're jealous because not everybody can do this. Hello? And, and all of the access to it. Right. Your screen and you can be a big bully. And like I said, I am no advocate for the twoies. I just, this isn't fair. And if we lived in the 1700s, I swear they would have burned her at stake yesterday. And it made me so mad. And I wanted yep. to add to yes. uh, the, you know, the, the conservatorship and the adoption thing. It probably was just a legal move back in the day to help him, protect him, so he could still play ball and not. That's what, uh, that's what Sean, Sean said in an interview, that the reason they set that up is they did it through an attorney. And it seems quaint now. But the goal was for him to maintain his uh, what, uh, eligibility at Ole Miss because if they would have gone the other route, uh, if they would have gone the other route, he would have lost uh, his eligibility down there and his chance to, you know, for his NFL and riches. Little couple FYIs. Yeah. Another kid, do live in Memphis. Right. And their next door neighbor is Jenny, uh, Jimmy Sexton. Interesting. Jimmy Sexton. Interesting. And, I mean, I don't mean they're just neighbors. I mean, they're like buds. And she that came out of her mouth when we were talking about Tony Vitello and all. Because we were talking about coaches' salaries and all. And she was talking about all the stuff that she knew and this, that, and the other. Well, anyway, I don't believe for a second that that kind of person that's that wealthy that has all those contacts would decide they want to screw this black young man out of uh, – whatever a few thousand yeah. dollars i mean when you look at a guy worth the Tui guy apparently is worth like 150 million there's some crazy number i mean why would i want to worry about a couple thousand dollars over a script on some what was a throwaway movie i mean it sounds great on social media and it's fun and the people down there that don't like them and you're right that woman is totally 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 obnoxious there's no doubt about that i mean she is needy man but for, to, to, sure but to go from that to oh we're going to steal from this kid i mean you know we're in two different ballparks here are you aware that uh michael and good for him has just written a book and he is taking he was on cnn and uh gma yesterday um, I did not know. I wasn't aware well, of that. He has a self-help book out, and I thought it was kind of interesting that that lawsuit dropped the week that he's 
introduced his book to the public. I don't know if that means anything, but to me in marketing, it kind of does. Sure, it does. And, but I was told by a friend yesterday down here that knows them better than I do. We were talking about it, and they said that, you know, they all still love each other. They're not really talking. Both sides are really hurt, and it's simply going to have to come down to working out maybe some real detailed forensic accounting so that the people that whoever is in his ear talking to him and guiding him can understand where the money went, if that and the other, because the blind side was never intended to be this Academy Award of course not. Right. It was a cute little movie. That's right. It's for it's $310 million. Well, somebody's thinking that the two, he's got millions and millions, and that maybe Michael didn't get anything. Well, I guarantee you that's not how Hollywood works. They're not going to give them but a tiny little residual. And the kids got a little residual just because they were in the movie and talked about in the movie and the story. So... I think that it's way overblown. Yeah. And, you know. You know, Holly, I stand with Matt Dixon. If anybody's to blame for this, it's his high school coach. Oh, really? So, and I, yeah, it's it's uh, Rev, Rev, Reverend Hugh Freeze. You know he's in the middle of this somehow. But, Holly, thank you for the call. And Michael Lewis, Matt, wrote the book, who's a great writer. I love Michael Lewis. He's extremely talented. He's written several really interesting things uh his his book about um the economic crash is incredible i, I just love i love michael lewis matt i just hope this thing unwinds to the satisfaction of dan woken i just hope at the end of this that dano vando dano can stand there and say i'm satisfied at the end of this Yes, he, he can be kind of the arbitrator, yes. the judge, jury, and, and executioner in this case. So, yes. yeah. I think he he might even be from Memphis, so he, he can is. probably really really do a deep dive in, uh, into this and, he, and get to the bottom of it. He couldn't wait. And some of these other people, and it's so, it's so political. I mean, no offense to those people, but it's all so political. We just hate these people. And who they are. I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, you just got to look at it. They couldn't wait to jump out there on those people. One side of the story. One side. I mean, let's just kill them. Let's just kill these people. It's really, really an insane time we're living in right now. And we were talking about it yesterday. The the next movie that's going to come out is going to be called Blindsided. You went from blindside to blindsided. But let's go back to the phones. 865-200-5402. Thank you, Holly, for that uh, first-person account. And, yes, I think that Leanne Tui lady is obnoxious. She's off-putting. I'm sorry. I didn't do it. She's not the only one. We get it. You got money. You know, you go all around the world. and Who the hell cares? Get off social media. To me, well, I'm not going to get started on these influencer people. Why not go do something productive yeah. to these influencer people? The people here's who, an idea. Go do something productive with your life. the most yes. seem to have been the ones that, that did nothing to earn it. Thank you. Back to the phones we go. She married the right guy, and she probably... Oh, now Brian's going to... Holly's going to call back, Brian. Go all in on you, big boy. 
Hello and welcome <laughs> into our next call. Hey, what's going on, Tone? Who's your ball, Hey, who's your ball? Welcome in. You're going. To, uh, Jerry Pomp said y'all are going to get kicked out of the Big Ten in our last hour. Well, he's a boiler. He would say that. Um, but uh, hmm. hey, where's the where's Jerry Pomp got Purdue going in the bowl? I'm just kidding. You know, Purdue has beaten Tennessee more recently than Alabama has in football. Isn't that great to say? That's pretty beautiful. I mean, it's pretty sad, but it's pretty beautiful. <laughs> Which kind of leads me to my prediction. He's got them going to Las Vegas to play in the Las Vegas Bowl on December 23rd. Which I'll say for the sake of conversation, Las Vegas would be a lot more fun for our fan base than going to Florida. But that's just me, to play Wisconsin. I mean, the concept of Tennessee playing Wisconsin in a bowl game First of all, the game be over at halftime because they'll be stuck in the yeah. mud. It'll be twenty-eight to nothing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm forgetting about Luke Fickle being there now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Well, about but still, he's going to have to flip the athleticism. And That's quickness. right. That's right. You don't get quicker just because a coach comes. No, you um, don't. But um, unfortunately, Heupel, each of his years, and we'll see if this continues to be a pattern. Yes, I love Coach Heupel. I wouldn't trade him for any realistic option. Agreed. First year, Purdue was a, didn't see that one coming. That kind of stunk. And then the Gamecocks, the second year, yep. which is why I think 9-3 and three for the third year is, I'm building in, even though, honest to God, Bama I can talk myself into, but I'm building in Georgia as a loss. Yes. And I guess Bama in T-Town is a loss, and I'm accounting for one more, didn't see that one coming. And I hope to God it's not in Gainesville, because I might cry myself to sleep. That That's day. my my <laughs> thought I keep having is that it's going to be, I'm going to write on this tomorrow, but it's going to be 9-3, and three, and it better be the right three. Yeah. And, and people That's can say, well, what, what does that even mean? Like, what, like people say, well, you, you, so you want to lose games? No, I don't want to lose any game. But in sure. this league, we're in a meat grinder. You're going to lose games, and when they add Texas and Oklahoma, you're going to lose. They're going to lose games. Everybody's going to lose games, except for maybe the top two. To, to, to Ryan's point, but George is really the only one immune from this right now. They're the only one immune from the stuff, as Robert Palmer once said. Everybody else, and I do think, hey Dixon, I was looking at that video that Alabama released to the media regarding their quarterback play on Friday. I've never seen softer balls thrown. Do you think, Matt, they put that out there to throw everybody off, or do you think that's really the quarterbacks they have in camp? Uh, there's there's definitely some strategery in what, what they release. Uh, I, I haven't seen it, but oh, it's, it, it, I, I don't think their quarterbacks are very good. It's a link on the blog today. I would encourage anybody to go over to tclub.team because I wrote, this is Alabama's quarterback play. This can't be Alabama's quarterback play. First of all, the Milrow guy throws two balls that look like, and I'm not knocking a kid that's playing, uh, pick a high school out. It looks like a guy throwing the ball down at Rockwood High School or something. There's no way that that's him. And then the Simpson guy's throwing a ball, and I'm going, that's not a heavy ball. Uh, I'm just looking at that, and I'm going, and none of them are in the are, are thrown on the money. And this is their highlight reel. This is what they're kicking out to the press. And Tone, you're... Not only is it not necessarily the most impressive on air, their wideouts are not exactly no. Harry Judy, Jalen Waddle, and no. Slim Reaper up at Philly. They are pedestrian. 
that's probably what has taken the biggest step back in talent to me is their wide receiving core is nowhere what it was three years ago. It's so hard for me to sit here and call that game like a loss when I looked at that quarterback play last night. Well, Tone, a quick question. You mentioned the blog. Yeah. I haven't looked it up. Does this Missouri law require williams Winery and what everyone is now saying, Ryan Wingo, to enroll and sign with Missouri? Or could they leave him at the altar? No, they could take that money and go. That's surely what they're going to do. And it would be up to, well, it would be up to the NIL uh, collective to to then go and recover that money. But, yeah, those kids are not bound uh bound by terms in other words well i don't want to speak this into existence right you we've kind of said this but my fear is that the call home from mom even if there's hard feelings is too great for hypo one day you know we would have liked to have williams winary you know who was dang near counting on williams winary is cat scratch fever over there in oklahoma you're exactly That's right a, that is a major loss yep. for him before the season even starts. Yep. If this holds up. Yep. So I saw that. I was like, please God, go to Oklahoma. Please God, go to Oklahoma. So that, that guy has a win. And I saw Missouri. I'm like, oh, God. Not only is he probably leaving him at the altar, if he don't go to Oklahoma and they have a bad season, oh, my. Oh, my. So. Well, and you're, you're thinking like I am, which is I want this cat, this fake Ted Nugent, at Oklahoma, crazy eyes himself, to have a stable football season because I do not want them to get any ideas. I just well, don't. And I and I'm people say, well, you know, this guy would never leave Tennessee. First of all, I never say never on here. And secondly, when it comes to us, you always expect the nuttiest thing to happen. It's just when you well, think the, you've got tranquility. Always. The, I guess if we're going to root for catch scratch fever to be average and he doesn't happen, if he tanks it to the point where Heupel's like, I'm not rebuilding twice, what if I don't have the same Midas touch? Then maybe he won't go. But who knows, man. But, hey, great show, guys. Thank you. Uh, well, go ahead, think Ron. about the pressure that Heupel would be under if he went to Oklahoma again to rebuild them and restore them to national prominence. I mean they would that would be enormous. No question. Especially in this league. He he's got he's he's never gonna get on the hot seat as long as he stays at Tennessee. He'll never face that type of well, pressure he would face there. The thing about Oklahoma is Oklahoma's getting ready, their fan base is getting ready to walk into a new reality. Like Brian sent me something earlier today. We were looking at and if you want to go over to T Club team today you can check out the um, the number of two loss or less seasons since 1965, and you will see that Tennessee has 18 of those, and Florida has 19 today over on the block. Matt, since 1965, how many two loss or less seasons do you think Alabama? Has thrown up, Matt. Just take a take a wild guess at that, would you please? Well, it's like at least twelve or fifteen in a row, right? So I would say it's probably pushing thirty. Okay, the number is thirty-three. 
Now. Jesus. Okay, how about this? How about this? And that's their reality. The reality of Alabama is they're going to do that more often than anybody else in this league. They just are. Okay? Do you realize that Oklahoma, since 1965, Brian did this. This is Brian's math. Give him the number, Brian. I'm not going to take credit for your work. Go ahead, Brian. Oklahoma has 30 such seasons since 1965 where they've lost two games or less. You hear that? Three less than Oklahoma, three less than Alabama with Nick Saban factored in. Now, here's a question for you, Matt. Are you buying, selling, or trading that Oklahoma will keep pace with Alabama when they join this league? And that's that, Matt. You buying, selling, or trading that? Uh, I'm, I'm selling that. In fact, they'll get doubled. In the next 20 years, Alabama will have twice as many two loss or less seasons in Oklahoma. Will you buy or sell that, Matt? Uh, probably buy that. Yep. Do you think, and I do think that Hypel potentially could get in play there. I'm not stupid, and neither, neither are any of us. If if that job opens and they don't call him, they're petty and they're stupid. Would we all agree on that? That's a position statement here. If that job opens and they don't at least call him and give him and show him some love, but see their fan base will demand if he has the season Jerry Palm thinks they're going to have here this year. Uh, he his star is only going to rise. If Tennessee goes 10 and 2 this year, Josh Heupel is on everybody's dial at that point. He already kind of is. And I'm not trying to start anything here. I just keep it real. This is what we do. Matt, do you believe, because the last time around they bypassed him, right? Do you believe he's on their dial, Matt, if it came to that now? If that thing opened? Uh, it depends on how much influence. Bob Stoops has with it with the program still. I know he's still kind of semi-involved, kind of like Fulmer was pre-AD. He's like always around yep. their complex and yep. at games and things. Yep. And that's who he had the falling out with. It's not he didn't have a falling out with Oklahoma, the school, or or a lot of the people there, former players. He had it with his former head coach. At some point, they will tell Bob Stoops, "Get over there. You're done. You had your day." At some point, they would be. Crazy, crazy not to talk to Steve Spurrier. Crazy not to talk to Steve Spurrier. But that's where we are. Oklahoma has had 30 of those seasons. They are not signing up coming into the SEC to being a middling, top 15-ish type program, but that's what they're going to get when they come into this league. That's you know, um, exactly what's going to happen to their to their deal. It prior to go, go ahead, Brian. After two thousand one, Alabama only had one more two loss or less season than Tennessee had. It was like eighteen to seventeen, and since then it's like uh, thirty three to eighteen. Alabama's run away with it. Brian, when Arkansas joined this league, and you you unearthed this from nineteen sixty five to nineteen ninety two, Arkansas had thirteen. Two loss or less seasons. Thirteen. They were an elite college football team 
They were a borderline powerhouse. People don't remember that. That's exactly right. They were a borderline college football powerhouse. They joined this league. And, Matt, how many seasons do you think they've had in 31 years? Now, we're talking about 26 years. They had 13 of those two loss or less seasons. What do you think the number is, Matt, since they joined this league? This is some interesting stuff now because this is what Oklahoma's facing. That two two losses or less? They had 13 of them from 1965 to 1991. Yeah, they probably haven't had any because if they had a great year, they had an SEC title game appearance where they could have lost a game. Uh, you also went from 11 to 12 regular season games, so they probably didn't. Ha- they probably haven't had any two or less loss unless one of Petrino's teams did it. They might have. They might have only lost two. They've won, but I think they yeah. lost the Sugar Bowl to Ohio State for their third loss. They've had, I don't think they have won. They've had one year. What year was it, Pry? That was 2011 when Michael, when the punt returner went through like a, oh, a whole Joe team. Adams. Yeah, yeah, Joe had that Every, guy. Everybody that on year. our everybody on the field touched the guy. <laughs> they, they and then right after that, Petrino. They probably would have had more if Petrino doesn't get on a Harley and do what he did. How glad am I that we were not doing Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction, Matt, after that game? Oh yeah, that was that was that was the rock bottom moment there. I mean, we've had a bunch of them, but that was kind of one of the first ones because that's when that's when you knew that season was over, yeah. And that's when you really, really, probably the first time that there were major questions about Dooley because that was about midway through year two, and that team had. It was pretty obvious they quit that night in Fayetteville. Well, you know what's funny is they still had a chance to go to a bowl game if they just beat Kentucky, as bad as they were, we're as gonna, many bowls as there are. We're going to continue on the other side. We'll get all our calls in. Stay right there as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. 
Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. We are no doubt on this uh, great Tuesday heading for a TLD Logistics Overtime, which basically is our uh, little post-wrap-up show thing we do from time to time. and That's where we kind of let our hair down. For instance, on Thursday, we're going to do a deep dive with john adams in here on the rebel railroad uh people have been encouraging us to do that might break that off into its own little podcast and have people call with their memories uh, a guy has done a deep dive into it where it came from um what it was what it became all that stuff so we'll do that on thursday it's part of john adams uh, segment um in the meantime, all lines are jammed, and we have a couple folks over on our Twitter spaces that want to speak. But uh, let's go to the phones, and Jay Griff, stay right there, and 
couple of our other folks over in Twitter spaces. Please uh, be patient as we get our next call in. Tuesday edition, excited for the start of the season. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony, it's Rusty. Yo. How's everybody doing? Hey, R, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Just uh, don't want to get into the ball, to the uh, Oklahoma Yeah, stuff. No I'm, sure, I'm sure that's why everybody's on hold, because I, I know any time that gets brought up, that, that brings out the the, the, the callers and the what, whatever, big time. Mm. That, that's always a good way to get, get the airwaves moving. Their uh, their their reality though Oklahoma's reality is getting ready to be a reality they haven't seen just like that'll be as bad as it was for Arkansas, but it, Arkansas there's no way Oklahoma wins the clip they've won post sixty five in this league no way. Oh no doubt no doubt yeah I mean for sure you're you're hundred percent right they're gonna they're gonna be in a whole new world but I think everybody's gonna be in a whole new world and we're gonna see a bunch of nine and three teams in the playoff which I know is gonna make Dixie happy. Well, Dixie will be for that because then we will have yeah, de-emphasized the uh, regular season in college football, which Dixie is for. Right, that, that's what's happening. I mean, the, the, the two losses <laughs> isn't going to matter anymore because if you're not in three in the SEC, you're probably getting a playoff. I hope you're. So, I, I hope that's the case because when I, I mean, ask I mean, uh, Jerry we Palm, been, if, we yeah. would have been a host last year at ten and two. LSU would have been in with four losses probably. Now that would have been interesting, uh, Matt. With four losses last year, did LSU have gotten in? They were smoking hot. Were they they like gotten in, Matt? After the SEC championship game. What do you think, Matt? Uh, it depends on how they would have weighed the SEC championship because they, they definitely would have been in before then, before that fourth loss. So if if you hold the championship game against them, they probably don't get in. But see, I'm not sure that they, they would have. And see, that's they were, they what's... They were 11th in the polls yeah, that's what's really stupid going forward are these conference championship games. That's the thing yeah, that's going to become of, really obsolete here going forward. Tony, right now, if you can tell me we go 12-0 and or we go 11-1 and and lose to Georgia, I'm probably going to take the 11-1. and So we can not go to Atlanta and just go, just go be the third seed in the playoff. That's a really good point. That's going to come to that. That's a good point, man. Um. I want to say I want to talk about you know the the expectations and yeah. the, the offensive line and the polls are we overrated or whatever. Um, one thing I keep hearing is about how bad the offensive line is, but we have eight guys and there's no depth. We have eight guys with over 500 college snaps. We have a bunch of guys who have played a ton of football. I mean Crawford, who started a ton last year, probably isn't going to be in the starting lineup this year. I mean, we, 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 I'm, not, I'm not sure where the narrative's coming from. I, I, and I'm getting all this from Dan Harrelson, um, but we have eight dudes who have played a ton. And we got a couple of young guys. Um, the Nichols kid stands out that, you know, there was a time we started freshman offensive linemen under Coach Fulmer that would come into campus. This kid's in, in the program as a redshirt freshman. Now, we, I think there's more over there than maybe some uh, no. era. No, the the Nichols guy maybe, is a, maybe Nichols is terrible. I mean, maybe Nichols well, yeah, is he's he's not a guy that I would uh, at this point. Uh, the, if I were you and I was making that argument, I wouldn't point to him. But I, I see what you're saying I about mean, experience. From dark mode throat, but you know. no, it, it looks look it looks it, it looks on the surface like people like me that are saying what we're saying are being alarmist. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. I, I'm not. You know, right. you, you can take it or leave it, and, and that's fine if you choose not to believe that or say, hey, that doesn't make any sense. The, the, the thing I'm told is one more injury, one more injury, and it's catastrophic. 
One more injury. Yeah, I think the injury situation is the center. It, it, just, it, it would be 100% the center of the situation. I think sure. we have three legit tackles. I think we have three guys that can play tackle. I think we have like three or four guys that can play guard. Mm-hmm. I think we only got one guy who can play center. Mm-hmm. I think that's the issue is center. They need they need to develop during these weeks while, while Cooper's out. They need to develop somebody who can give them minutes at center if he can't go long term. Yeah, maybe um, this becomes a blessing in disguise. That could the, be the thing be I hold rip, on rip to. Yeah. The thing I hold on rip. to is, is hope. Is that when I hear about these defensive players that this incoming class that they don't think there's a whiff in the bunch? That's pretty strong. I mean, they they think they they think all these guys in time are going to be really really solid players here, which is a great sign. You don't hear that very much from incoming classes. So, so Rodney Garner can still recruit. Uh, yes. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Yes. Hey, um, as far as being ranked 10 to 12, and our prediction for the year being 9 and 3 by most of us, like I've said, yeah. we, our ceiling's 11 and 1, our basement's 7 and 5, we'll probably go 9 and 3, and I've mm-hmm. heard a bunch of other people say the same yeah. mm-hmm. 9 and 3 is the most likely. If we end up 9 and 3, we're going to be ranked 10, 10 to 12. That's probably, I mean, that's going to be our, our final season before the bowl game ranking. So I think they're kind of on the spot between 10 and 12. If you're an SEC team and you're 9-3, and three, that's where you're going to be. Um, and my question to you is, I heard you talking about teams that are ranked ahead of us and teams like Clemson being ranked ahead of us because pollsters are predicting the season. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, is that flawed to look at it that way? I think Clemson's going to be 10-2 at the end of the, end of the year, and I think Tennessee's going to be 9-3. and three, So I'm going to rank 10, I'm going to rank in the preseason. I'm going to rank Clemson higher when I would think the better way to rank that is who do you think is the better football team? Not who do you think is going to have better numbers because their schedule is crap. Who do you think is the better football team? Which one's the better way to rank a preseason poll? Well, I think it's always going to be based on how you think it's going to look. Um, because, look, there are a lot of teams in a lot of these leagues that are pretty good teams that are going to get beat up or their schedule's going to inhibit them from winning. It's kind of like we were having a conversation yesterday with uh, uh, Dan Harrelson regarding the – you know where this team falls on the schedule and where that team falls, and oh, so hey, that's that's college football, and that's really yeah. the you know when you when you try to figure out how a season's going to go and a win loss record. Uh, look, the bottom line is Clemson and Florida State and schools like that, uh, programs like that, are getting a path of least resistance. That's the way that league is. We we agree with that. I just think if you're a pollster, yeah. Your, po- your vote should be who I think is the better team, not who I think will have the better record after 12 games because they don't play anybody. Well, I think it's disingenuous to say I think Clemson's ranked higher in this poll because I'm trying to not look stupid at the end of the year because Clemson might go 11-1 and one and Tennessee might go 8-4 and four or, or, or Oklahoma might go 9-3 because yeah. they play a tougher schedule or well, whatever the case may be. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, Brian or Matt, do you guys have any thoughts on that in terms of when they put these polls together? Uh, is Does Rusty make a well, good point, or is it where I think it's going? Go ahead. You know, I, I was thinking yesterday that they probably shouldn't even have a poll until October. Of course. But then again, you have a lot of teams that wouldn't get credit for beating a number one team in the country if you took September out and didn't have a poll then. You'd have no way of tracking a team's ranking so i, I like I see poll. both ways of it i, I like a poll because i'm a talk show host i give something to talk about the question is 
for a criteria of a poll, Matt, where do you lean? Snapshot in time or where you think a team's going to finish? At what uh, I think these things are where you think a team's going to finish. Yeah, I think you I think you have to do it projecting what what kind of season they're going to have and, and the schedule obviously factors into that. Um but you know, I I think Rusty's given too much credit to to these riders that are trying to you know, do some advanced thinking with their polls and ballots when mo- most of them haven't watched half the teams they fill out. Back to the phones we go. And then the and then the coach's poll is really a sports information director PR type poll. I mean, those guys aren't going to take time to fill a poll out. Hello and welcome into our next call on the Tuesday edition. Tony Basilio Show. Hi. How you doing, Tony? Hey, Billy. Now I hope you don't torpedo me on this, but I like I would like to talk Titans with you, Billy. When is the last time you called this show and got torpedoed? I believe by a person by the name of Sean Sinclair. Okay, is Sean Sinclair is he in here today? No, he isn't. He is not. So you are among uh, what we like to call. Ears that want to hear, my friend. Okay. You, you, you. you uh, we come in uh, peace to you today, my friend, and we consider you not foe but friend. <laughs> well, thank you, Tony. Um, you know, I, I believe, boy, I'll tell you, Frable oh. was a bit PO'd at Will Levis. Oh. Brian Hartman, did you see Levis over the weekend? You'll love it at Levis. No, I did not. Titans, Billy, after seeing Levis's first exposure, do you believe the man's going to make a quarterback? This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. This is Al Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm at Foodland. It's such a great place, folks. Uh, Everything you could ever want from a grocery store, the best meat department in Murray County. I'm speaking with Miles Johnson. Miles, uh, your new circulars have just come out. Not one, but two sales in the upcoming week. Tell us about it. All right, well, we have two sales, like you said. We have one that runs all week, which includes ribeye steaks for $6.99 a pound, seedless watermelons, $4.99 each, green cabbage, $0.49 a pound, 
and Coca-Cola six packs, three for 12. We also have a three-day ad that starts today and runs until Saturday the 12th. That includes daily bacon, uh, 40-ounce stacks, $9.99 each, two-pound snow crab legs, $13.99, and avocados, 99 cents each. Wow, that's amazing. And Miles, I just bought me one of those tasty ribeyes, and we're going to take it home and cook it tonight. Have a great week here at Foodland, Miles. All right, thank you. You too. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.